This podcast brought to you by BaseCrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Dan Eisenhart, CEO of Form, one of the leading manufacturers of smart swim goggles. AR technology has just become popular on the swim workout scene, and uh, Dan's going to chat with us a bit today about that. Tell us a little bit more about Form Smart Goggles. Thanks for joining us today, Dan. Uh, Thanks for having me. Hey, so before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in swimming and a little bit of the backstory about how Form got started? Sure. I started swimming when I was very young. I come from a family of swimmers. My dad was a swimmer. His brothers were swimmers and, and, and my granddad was a swimmer. So, um, so that was always interesting to have those discussions around the, the dinner table. Um, and then as, we, as I um, grew older, I got into engineering, uh, mechanical engineering, and developed an interest for entrepreneurship. Um, so I went off to school again and did my MBA. Uh, and during an MBA, this MBA, um, there was an entrepreneurship class that I could pick. Um, and um, and I, off I went uh, to that class. And the first thing we had to do was to come up with an idea for a business. And, uh, and I came up with an idea since I was passionate about swimming and engineering for a pair of goggles with a heads-up display um, that could show you metrics in real time. Because I always struggled with that as a swimmer, being in the pool and not being able to see the clock because my goggles were fogging up or there's somebody standing in front of the pool clock and I had to do the mental math to figure out when I left and when I came in and all that stuff. So, so I pitched the idea back in 2006 and this was before the iPhone was, was launched and a bunch of people came up and said, Hey, this sounds pretty cool. Uh, but you know, do you know how to build it? I'm like, I have no idea if it even can be built, but it would be cool if it existed. So we went off, became a group, doing this MBA and quickly realized it was too difficult to pull off for swimming goggles at that stage. So just the miniaturization, the environment, the sensor technology, it just wasn't mature enough. So we ended up uh, instead building a similar product into a pair of ski goggles so that you can see how fast you're going. You can get text messages while you're skiing and, uh, and resort maps in your goggles and all that stuff. And that became a company called Recon Instruments, which uh, we built, you know, five generations of product, eventually sold that company to Intel in 2015. And after that happened, I went straight back actually to my my first initial idea because now the technology was mature and I had all this experience and I launched Form, which is this company. And uh, three years later, um, I, uh, we launched uh, the, the first product, which is the Form Swim Goggles with a headset display. So that's the background story. So you were first into the ski goggles uh, and snow sports. Is that right? Yes, for, for many years. I mean, from 2000, we, we launched the first product in 2010. And then we started partnering. We were sort of actually the Intel inside of, of the action sports industry, we call ourselves. And then we ended up selling to Intel, which was kind of funny. But our biggest customers were the big eyewear brands like um, you know, Oakley and Smith and Uvex and Scott and all those big brands. And they adopted our technology as a modular solution that fit into their goggles. And then we sold through them uh, and we eventually developed our own uh, cycling glasses as well. well we, owned, we owned the whole solution with the heads of display in it. So yeah, so that, that's where we started and got a lot of expertise and then, you know, form benefited greatly from that expertise. So this is before Google Glass or any of those other major players are in there. You're, yeah, you're we, basically yeah. coming out with your product first. We were the first uh, cons- uh, sort of consumer product. Had to dis- uh, consumer product with a headset display. 
in, in November 2010. That's amazing. Hey, I, I read somewhere that uh, you swam competitively. Is that right? Back in the 90s? I did. I, I started swimming competitively, I guess, you know, just a couple of uh, training a couple times a week when I was, uh, I think, eight years old. I mean, yeah, eight years old. And then swam competitively all the way up till like 23 and um, went to U.S. swam in college over there. I was a uh, longest middle to long distance. So I started out 1500 meter. And then as I got older, I sort of moved into like 400 meter and 200 meter freestyle. That's an Indian river, right? Down in Florida. I went to Indian River in, uh, in Florida. Yeah, uh, great, uh, great college. So, I mean, this was kind of like a natural transition after getting out of the, uh, the snow sports to get into something that you were also really familiar with, which is, you know, uh, competitive swimming. Goggles, I guess, is a, a natural transition after that, you know, especially after the technology became available. I always thought that that was unfinished, that it was like the real... Um, the killer app, so to speak, for AR, I always thought was in swimming because there's no alternative, right? That, that's always the best first market to go into with AR. I thought there's, just, there's, there's nothing you know, in swimming that could give you the real-time information without the trade-offs. Um, and, uh, and then, then that, uh, and you know, cycling and running and other applications, is more, there's more uh, competition from substitute solutions that are, all, that are actually good enough in many instances so I, so that's, that's where, you know, I really thought it was unfinished and, and I wanted to go back to that starting point. Um, you build the ski goggles, you sell that off to Intel, all right? You start up the swim goggles, all right? So take me through that process of prototyping that, coming up with that. I mean, that, that had to be a whole long drawn out process in itself. Yeah, I mean, you have to find the right people, of course. Uh, and, and, and then there's this sort of, when you, when you talk about AR, it's very different. It's a completely new category and it's very different from developing other types of products in within sort of existing, I guess, categories, but the, the hardware potentially is not the biggest constraint. You know, it's more the, the killer app that runs on the hardware or, or the business model. Here, you know, early on, we're still early on in AR. It's taking a long time because it's a very difficult problem to solve when you're putting something in front of people's eyes, you know, there's all kinds of constraints in terms of size and battery life and social stigma and all that stuff that we've seen. You know, we mentioned Google Glass. That was a good example of going through that exercise. You know, how difficult it is when you put something on, on the most valuable real estate, uh, which is in people's eyes, right? So, so that, that is always an engineering matrix that is competing with the wants and needs of the marketing uh, department and what you want and what the customer wants you have to, they can't have everything. So where are you going to compromise? And I think that that is where the iteration prototyping comes in, where you sort of come up with, well, what can we do from a hardware perspective? And then you go in and, and 3D print, you know, in, in this case, a bunch of goggles and you figure out, well, where can we position the electronics and how much information can we actually show during when you're swimming? And, you know, how can we dumb it down so that it doesn't actually distract you? but still get the information that you want when you want it. Well, let's take a deeper dive into the technology behind the goggles. I mean, how, how do they work? Yeah, so we have a, what's called a nine-axis sensor in the goggles, uh, which is a three-axis accelerometer, three-axis gyroscope, and a three-axis magnetometer. Uh, and those are fused together and work in tandem using machine learning that uh, you know, we have spent years developing 
with swimmers in the pool of all different types of backgrounds and skill sets to be able to recognize what you're doing in the pool uh, automatically. So if you're resting, it'll know you're resting. If you're swimming, it'll know you're swimming and which stroke type you're swimming. And if you're turning, it'll know you're turning and it can split the clock and so forth. So those core events or core metrics uh, that our machine learning takes care of. And then we've got all kinds of productized layers on top of that that will calculate your last length pace and your stroke rate and distance per stroke and all, all sorts of other metrics. And then we have, so that's, that's the computer side. We've got a processor running that and a Bluetooth low energy chip. Uh, and, then, and then we've got uh, display, the display chain, uh, which is an in-house, you know, everything is built in-house, but uh, th this is no exception, uh, built a freeform optics waveguide so that we can guide the light from the micro display, which is a, an OLED display, uh, organic light emitting diode display. Uh, uh, we can guide that light through the waveguide that sits built into the goggles and the lens hitting a beam split at the end and then being directed into your eye. So you see this image that is not like putting a phone up in front of you because you wouldn't be able to focus on that, but it's actually a virtual image that is uh, in, always in focus. So it's an augmented image that is viewed as if it's separate, you know, uh, let's say seven feet away from your eyes. So that, that, that's in a nutshell, the product and how it works. What are the actual users using the data that they're getting out of these goggles? What are they using that data for in terms of improving their performance? Yeah, so you could say that when we just started launched the product, we were very uh, focused on getting validation from the toughest customers, which are the, the competitive swimmers and sort of the power triathletes. We wanted to make sure that it was accurate enough for them that they felt that, okay, all I have to do is input my pool length and then press the on button and then it does everything for me and, and it's accurate. So we, 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 we knew that if we couldn't solve that, if we couldn't both, if it couldn't be a really dependable tracking device, then it didn't matter that we could show it in real time, right? Because you didn't want to surface stuff that didn't, wasn't accurate. Right. So uh, we spent some time with that and the metrics that were important for those people is different depending on what type of swimmer you are. But typically you, you want to be able to see your pace per hundred, you know, how fast you're actually swimming. You want to be able to see how far you've gone, you know, so it's like a length counter or a lap counter. Uh, you want to see your split times, you know, so you can compare current length over last length. Your heart rate, we have a partnership with Polar where you can just attach one of the Polar heart rate monitors and you can see your heart rate in real time as you're swimming, which has never been done before at the time, at least when we launched it and, um, and so forth. So that, and then you can configure different metrics in the app, depending on what you want to see at any given time. We have three different context is a swimming uh, or stroking uh, context, which is between walls, you know, you're swimming, what do you look at? And then you've got the turn uh, context where you just turn, okay, what do you want to see when you just turn your last length split and maybe your stroke rate or, you know, your distance per stroke and the last length. So you can sort of def set that up. We've got default screens, so you don't have to think. Most people will be fine with the default screens. And then the rest screen, you've got, uh, you know, an ability to select what you want to see while you're at rest. And then there's a carousel at the bottom that can go through up to three metrics, uh, depending on what you want to see. For example, maybe you want to see the total distance in your workout up to this point, maybe the average pace over the last interval and your heart rate, you know, so that could just, that just rotates at the bottom. And then the top will tell you, okay, you're resting for X amount of seconds uh, and off you go. So that's, that's how the product works. And it's different for different people. I think, 
you could say I, I started out by answering the question, okay, well, we have to go through this validation phase first. And that was back in 2019 and then to some extent through 2020. But it was all leading up to this point in time, you know, when we launched workouts, which is the part that is really focusing on the fitness owner, the, which is the majority of the market out there. Most people go to the pool and are not part of the team. And those people today, before we launched workouts, they would not have any structure in their workout. They wouldn't know what to swim and how long to rest and what intensity to go at. And it would be very hard to motivate uh, and, and improve. You know, people would just jump in the pool and swim breaststroke or freestyle for 30 minutes. And that's not the way you get better. You know, you need to actually have varying intensities and different types of rest intervals. Uh, and our goggles can now do that. We have a, a workout library of hundreds and hundreds of workouts of different lengths and intensities that will appeal to you that you can, you know, to different types of swimmers that you can select and download up to five. And then they sit on the goggles and you can in the water, choose them and the goggles will guide you through the workout and still give you those metrics, the tracking metrics in real time. Wow, that's amazing. Hey, what kind of feedback have you received so far from uh, the consumers after the product launch? We have received uh, only positive feedback. And of course, it, you could say, well, you wouldn't say if it was negative feedback. I can tell you that we are yet to have a piece of feedback or review that is like, okay, this was poorly executed. This doesn't hit, hit the mark in terms of, uh, of delivering a structured workout in real time. Like they, we just haven't seen any of it. And, and we did a global beta test with, I, I don't know, I think over, over 500 swimmers and the same. We knew, we, we already knew when we launched that this was going to be well-received. Of course, that doesn't mean that we can't improve. I think, you know, we started with, with what we call MVP. It's a minimum viable product that we think uh, has the core elements of what's important for this experience. Um, but we're also listening to feedback from customers of what they actually would like to see in the product. And of course, that's secret sauce. And we're looking at <laughs> you know, what's next. Um, but um, yeah, I think if you read the reviews uh, as well, it's, 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 it's hitting some of the notes that we had hoped it would hit in terms of, uh, well, some are calling it so the, the, the peloton in the pool. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it's definitely on the motivation and engagement perspective. I think it's actually similar to, you know, before when you were riding your bike indoors in the basement, you were pretty bored. And then with peloton, suddenly you have this guide, you're guided and entertained and engaged. And that means you come back and we kind of do some of the same stuff. We can, you can offload the mental, mental math which is, hasn't been possible in swimming before now. Um, and then on top of that, you get the structure and, and that guidance that will keep you motivated and happy and make it a much more joyful experience to go to the pool, which before was, could be kind of lonely and confusing. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a large consumer market for folks who just want smart goggles for swimming at home and not necessarily competitive swimming? So when you say swimming at home, I don't think that most of our swimmers are still swimming in public pools. Mm -hmm. um, there's obviously some that have a, a big pool in the, in the backyard. Uh, and we even have the swim spa. Uh, it's part of the jacuzzi as well. So if you have a swim spa and you can swim in it at home, then that, our goggles support that. And we also support open water. So yeah, so we do cover all the different swimming instances. But if you look at the numbers, there are 30 million, just under 30 million uh, active uh, pool swimmers in the U.S. alone. And a third of them, about a third of them swim uh, at least weekly. Um, and 
if you look at how many competitive swimmers and triathletes there are, you know, varying numbers, about 400,000 competitive swimmers in the U.S. Uh, and just under 200,000 compete in triathlons every year. So, so you've got, you know, let's say 600,000, that's just called it a million that are triathletes and competitive swimmers. And then you've got, you know, upwards of 28 to 29 million that are fitness swimmers. And most of those fitness swimmers are, of course, not on a team. That, that just, just, that's just not in the cards. So uh, it's a very sort of decentralized problem where a lot of people are, just don't have access to structure and coaching. And that, that, that's the target market that I think where we can make the biggest impact. That doesn't mean that we don't have a ton of triathletes and competitive swimmers using our product. But I think the biggest market is, is with the fitness swimmers. And getting in with those uh, swim coaches and getting them to see the value proposition of what the, the smart goggles bring to the table in terms of uh, reinforcing some of those good habits and uh, uh, measuring those uh, metrics of how they're performing over time, I guess, would be invaluable to the guys that they're coaching, wouldn't it? I think it, I think it is. And, and I think it's just harder to get that. Uh, and, and it's a smaller cohort of people, right? So because there's, there's maybe 5% of the market. But, and they already have, you know, established co coaching principles and a certain way of, of teaching. And those swimmers are very regimented. But I would agree with you. What we're seeing is, yeah, this tool is not replacing coach in those instances. It's offloading as well some of the rigorous manual timekeeping and, and record keeping that actually never gets done because it's so chaotic at the pool. And then, then those coaches can focus on technique development. So I agree with you. There's a huge value proposition also for teams, but it's just harder to convince coaches i think that it's not necessarily replacing them it's actually making them better yeah i mean it's uh it's about taking the good habits that you're trying to instill in your in your team all right and having some kind of smart technology to gauge those metrics over time i mean i think that provides a kind of uh 10, foot data that coaches are really looking for wouldn't you say I, I think you're right, and I and, and certainly we've seen that as well in the first couple of years after we launched that a lot of coaches are saying this is amazing, and you know for different reasons, you know some are just like I was sick of the stopwatches, they don't need them anymore, or it could be um, they that suddenly you could they could have heart rate real time in the goggles of each swimmer, so the swimmer was empowered to stay um, within certain thresholds versus the coach only being able to you know a minute you know, here and there, if you have 30 swimmers on a team to be able to address their needs. So now it's, so I, I do think that it's, it, it will end up there. It will evolve into that. Um, and, and I'm excited about that as a former competitive swimmer and also now a triathlete. So certainly from that perspective, I, I, I trust and believe that that, that market's going to grow too. Well, let's get back to the actual product itself. I mean, you have a face of a bunch of challenges in getting this this product ready for prime time. I mean, what were some of the challenges you faced in getting into the wearable AR for the pool? I mean, just look, one of one instance I could think alone is just the, the defogging in the lenses. I mean, how did you get around that issue? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the pool is a pretty hostile environment. And, um, and then the, the added complexity is that you're underwater. So if you're working in optics, you'll understand that there's a different refraction index between air and water. So if you have light you're guiding inside of a waveguide, that's going to have, you're going to have a problem underwater. And we quickly realized that. So we had to come up with a solution that could actually um, solve for that. So what we call a ghosting problem, you know, where you have sort of multiple uh, images on top of each other because of the different refraction indexes. 
So that was the first biggest problem. We, we solved that and patented it. And that was approved, uh, I think, was it last year in June or something like that. Uh, so, so that was nice. And, um, and then, of course, bulkiness. You've got water, which is a medium that's 800 times more dense than air. So if you think you have a problem with aerodynamics, then wait till you jump in the pool. It gets way, way worse uh, if you have something sticking out, right? So we were uh, optimizing that, you know, even for the fastest swimmers so that the goggles would stay on, keep a tight seal and wouldn't feel like that, like they were sort of being, um, you know, torn off your face. So, so, so that was important. And that comes down to battery, of course, because battery is what you need to drive these devices. How do we make sure that it's a super battery efficient device without only giving people like a couple of hours? We wanted to make sure that they could get enough so that they would never have to think about really whether they had enough power. It would be, you know, like most sessions are between half an hour and 45 minutes for, for the fitness swimmers uh, and for the competitive swimmers, you know, upwards of two hours. But we wanted to give like many, many sessions. So we, we have 16 hours battery life and, and we still have a fairly small envelope. Uh, if you consider that, that we're giving that much battery life, where any swimmer from our Olympian athletes that we're using all the way to our, you know, um, fitness swimmers, none of them are have said that they are not able to, to do their regular workout, uh, you know, and, and the goggles fit them and they work well, even if they put fins on, we have some of our Olympians that put fins on and they're still fine with, with the goggles and the, uh, the, aqu the aquadynamics of the goggles. As far as uh, syncing with your mobile device, I mean, what's that like? It's, uh, it's an important piece of our value proposition because we want to make it so seamless that you don't have to think about it. And you, you basically end your swim. And then if your phone is like my phone is always in the bag on the pool deck. I just mm -hmm. always have that because I, I trust that more than putting it in the locker room. Um, and, and I just it, I hear it playing immediately. Like so, I've, uh, as soon as it's done, it just it just uploads to the through our app to the cloud immediately, and uh, and if if I left it in the locker as soon as I walk into the locker room, it, it finds the if you know the phone and then it, it uploads. So it's pretty seamless, and we we push it to other communities too. So we have integration with Strava and Training Peaks and a bunch of other uh, fitness uh, platforms. So if you're using any of those, that's nice as well, and that, that just gets automatically pushed. Well, this is definitely a breakout year for Forum. I mean, where do you see the direction of the company going as far as expanding on the product and the uh, structured workouts? Well, it's obvious now that we're going in the subscriptions uh, realm, and I think that's not a surprise. I mean, most, most companies, I think, end up realizing that it's smarter to have a subscription business than it is to just focus on acquiring new customers and trying to sell hardware to get revenue. Right? When you have a subscription business, you are focusing on adding value first and foremost to your existing users because they're still paying customers. And I think that's a big shift in culture that you're, you're really catering to your customers always. You're, they're always number one, not just the next customer. So they're also important, right? But then they get into the fold and then it's a live service that's running and you're obviously continuing to build value into that live service. So I think it, it really benefits like sort of the dynamics of the customer company relationship and the trust so that so that's what we're going to continue to build on we're just right now we we're just in listening mode and, and learning how can we make sure that we're engaging our customers and getting them in the pool and into a good routine and habit that will allow them to enjoy swimming more than they did before and that's what that, are you doing that, yeah 
what are you doing to push distribution, Dan? In terms of the hardware? Like, where can you buy it for them uh, yeah. right now? I mean, are, are they available in sporting goods stores, retail stores? Can you buy so so I, I think the retail landscape has changed. Not, not just pandemic, it was already changing and it's now been fast-tracked. Um, you know, if you look at, unless you're looking at highly customized, expensive items, you know, if you, you know, that they're going to be predominantly sold online. And that was, we're already seeing that with goggles and fitness, you know, watches and equipment. I mean, you're seeing that going online more and more and the pandemic just accelerated that. So you'll see us, we're selling globally. We did that from the first year. We sold to, you know, well over a hundred countries and, um, we have Amazon, global Amazon, you know, marketplace distribution. I think there's only a couple that we're not in. And, uh, and also from my own site, we're, we're shipping globally and we have got you know, warehouses and fulfillment options all over the world. So you're, you're, you're never going to have to wait very long to get your goggles. And that's, yeah, I've been, I've been reading some of the reviews on Amazon. It's been really positive from what I see so far. So congratulations there. It looks like a really successful product launch. Yeah, that, thank you so much. Yeah, I think we're a four point. We've been a four point five out of five on Amazon. Yeah, even you know, growing from just you know a few thousand units to tens of thousands of units, we've we've actually increased it a little bit. So I think that's a great sign that we're onto something. I do too. Well, Dan, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with us today about form. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. That's all the time we have today. A huge thank you to our sponsor, BaseCrete, the leaders in waterproof bond codes for the swimming pool industry. Please make sure to subscribe, and we look forward to catching you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.